Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Munzenreiter, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Agongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to offer some takes on a couple of interesting weeks in skateboarding. Here's to you, Bobby DeKaiser. But first, Instagram subscriptions? In this economy? Maybe you're already aware that now, for just $4.99 per month, you can subscribe on Instagram to your favorite skaters, dudes like Cater or Carlos Ibiero. For that cold, hard cash, you get a special subscriber badge next to your username when you comment on those skaters' posts. They see the badge, man. They're going to pay attention. You get exclusive content, and get this, you get access to a private subscriber group chat. Jason, I know uh, in our own private group chat today, you were talking about taking the plunge and subscribing, becoming a super follower, so to speak, uh, when it comes to Cater. Did you subscribe? Yeah, I did as a, a social experiment and part of getting ready for this podcast, doing some research, I became a super follower of both uh, Cater Silla and Carlos Ribeiro. Um, Cater... I don't think he had any like super follower specific content. Carlos had some, I guess, super like this sounds so stupid, like super follower story, like a story with a little like purple icon that meant it was for subscribers only. It wasn't that crazy. It was just him going with the filmmaker, photographer, like getting coffee, going to the spot, like talking about like who else had a memorable line at this spot. So that's kind of what we're working with. Again, like it's a new platform. Who knows what's going to happen and you know who knows man like i remember when howard stern went to satellite radio people were like you're insane no one will ever pay for radio like pay for radio get the fuck out of here and now how like, long's it been now uh it's 20, he went on there in 2006 yeah yeah like 15 16 years and like he right after he did that move i mean stern fans will argue this point with me but in my opinion he followed up with like the best like a stellar six-year run of like the funniest content that he'd ever done so like the flip side to that is people expect value like when you pay a subscription fee people expect value for that and you're in a way becoming like it's almost like a micro blog like you're using instagram like a content management system like like wordpress cms or something you know, you got like your photos, got your videos, got your um, story content. I don't know how the group chat works. Like, what is that? I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what the user interface is for that. Yeah, I was just reading that off the, you know, I click the subscribe button to gather, you know, journalistically gather the <laughs> to information. To gather information. And um, I, I should go on record that I, I kind of polluted the, uh, polluted, polluted the conversation here. Super follower is actually a Twitter option. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's a Twitter thing. What are they called? Which, I think, I think it's, it's a subscriber. subscriber. Yeah. Yeah, just subscriber. Patrick, do you think, what is the potential here? The potential here is for particularly charismatic or interesting pro skaters to really cultivate a proper fan base. Not just people who follow them, not just people who buy their boards, but people who will obsessively probably follow them across their career. Not to say that that isn't happening before, but... You know, we're so we're living in an age in which skateboarders have more access to sponsored skaters, to uh, pro skaters, to the skateboard industry than ever before. And there are definitely there have always been historically charismatic and interesting skaters who can who could definitely hold it down. Like, say, I, what would the equivalent of the 90s be having like a, a party line or a chat line? A chat line. It was like, one nine hundred, one nine hundred skate hard or something or like that. Maybe, maybe like like the EMB AOL chat room. Like <laughs> no. <that. laughs> but um, it, it has potential for, especially for younger skaters. There's a lot of old heads who like, I'm not really interested in watching you do your errands or, um, you know, setting up a board or something like that. There's some people who just, my goodness, they... They don't have what it takes to make the everyday mundane things of their life entertaining. I think for a lot of the younger people who spend significantly more time on social media, it's much, much, much easier for them to come up, to turn anything into content. I mean, Beastie Boys were right, you know, acting like life is a big commercial, you know, life is a big commercial for some of these younger folks. And if, if this means getting money in their pockets, right, then by all means, Chase that paper. Do what you can do, especially if you're in your if you're in your window. 
because you're not always going to be popping. People are not always going to be interested. So if this is some way for you to hold on to a little bit more action, bong bong. So I guess then the natural follow-up question for y'all would be, what are some of the potential pitfalls or oh, problems I mean, here? I'm thinking about these kids who have always, you know, younger skaters, let's call them, who've always had heightened access to these people. Like, I feel like sometimes I wish I knew less about some of these guys that I revered growing up because it's like, oh, shit, kind of a bummer knowing uh, how big of an asshole this guy actually is. So I think it, it I, I, in my mind, it's overexposure. It's just that like, oh, this dude maybe isn't as charismatic. Like maybe this guy can't carry it or maybe this, I don't know. <laughs> like This woman's like very strange. It's, you know, I think it's just too much access, but I'm also, you know, 40 years old and, uh, you know, just to repeat, like almost wishing I knew less about certain skaters. So not the uh, target audience with this at all, though I can put my, you know, put myself in a younger skater's shoes and be like, oh, this is an awesome opportunity. If you're like 15 and super into someone and someone's skating and their personality, I mean, it makes sense, even if I'm a little cynical. But yeah, overexposure. I think I would just like, I would go, I would go nuts. Like it would be maddening to have to turn every day, like your daily, you know, your daily activities to turn that into content every day. Like some people don't do on Instagram as it is, but I think that would just, I would just be like, Maybe that's just my, you know, personality, but I would, I would just go insane, man. Like, you know, like you, you, you watch the Carlos thing where he's just getting coffee and kind of just spinning, you know, I don't know what a good analogy is like shooting the shit about what happened at the spot, but didn't sound exactly riveting. Again, I'm, I'm the cynical old timer when it comes to this stuff. No. Yeah. I mean, like skaters, skaters are good at doing what they do, like filming and getting tricks that what they do. Very few a very few have or like charismatic personality wise and now you're asking them to like manage the content like publish it on a content management system which is a lot say like but i don't know say if someone like again you got you got to provide value that's the number one rule of content number one a rule is once you start putting content on a platform you can't stop ever you have to keep pumping out content. Otherwise, people will be like, psh, unsubscribe, like, out the door. Yep. This comes This oh. comes a week after we took a week off. <laughs> we took a, listen, we, we'll take a week off here and there. You know, Howard Stern took the whole summer off. But, like, we're pretty, we're pretty much here week in, week out, even if there's not much going on in the world of skateboarding. Exactly. So then, uh, fo- uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is a difficult follow-up question, but it's definitely hard-hitting. Uh, Mike, Jason, you're both parents. I reckon that both of you spend some time thinking about the content that your kids consume, uh, the digital media content that your kids consume, if any. So, where could this go wrong if you're a parent? You know, where could like how would I guess what are some things out there other than you know very obviously sex and drugs and shit what are some things that maybe you wouldn't want your kid exposed to or maybe yeah is that just i it? mean it's tough man like once your kids get phones like i'm not gonna lie it's really hard to police like especially if you have a job which if you're and especially especially if you're a single parent like me like it's really hard to police the content they watch you know yeah i think all bets are off once once the phone is a personal device yeah so so you kind of gotta just like pray or have faith or something that they don't see anything too crazy but then that's the thing i mean uh a good friend of mine his wife is a school psychologist and we've spent a lot of time every time we all get together we you know spend a lot of time talking about what kids are looking at on the internet and how that's shaping the way that they interact with each other the way that they think about sex the way that they they look at the world and in the grand scheme of things skateboarding is pretty harmless but we also are all we're all 90s kids. We, we, got to, we only got a peek behind the curtain of how crazy it could get for skaters on the road. I mean, Big Brother magazine was out there, but that was still a printed magazine that only came out X amount of times a year, right? Whereas now it's 24-7, 365. You can find anything that you're looking for on the internet. So I guess you wonder, you know, skaters who are going to be doing this kind of Instagram 
diet only fans i'll call it right the subscribe the subscription the subscription join you know i i'm, I'm gonna guess that a whole bunch of them are gonna be doing that very kind of very sickening wholesome sort of like hey what's up guys check it out it's another beautiful day hey, in newport up, beach <laughs> we're gonna go get a coffee then we're gonna go to the tf it's gonna be really swell uh there's definitely gonna be people while in on this so I don't know. Like that that's the part where it gets a little bit that that it gets a I little mean, bit speaking strange. Of strange or potential for strange. I mean, we touched on it a little bit with the EMB AOL group chat like who who would be the ultimate historical skater to have a subscription to? You get an IG subscription. This is totally anachronistic, but um I don't know, Hosoyan 1986 could have been hectic. Oh, yeah, Hosoy, of course, like He's at the club with like a vest with no shirt on, like hanging out at with like Luana Rawls or whatever, just partying like in the hot tub with you know seven chicks, like that that kind of shit. Like that's the kind of shit that you want to see, like all like all like the rock star lifestyle shit. Okay, I I got one for y'all. Kareem Campbell, nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I mean like peak hustler era would have been tight. I mean that's. Yeah, just like Lockwood, just like the daily goings on at Lockwood would, would be uh, just like fascinating, you know, for a for the world industries kid like myself. But like that's kind of what they were getting at with the the four one one day in the life features. City stars, the city stars, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just again. Yeah, I'll say it up for the hundredth time. Like too old. Even even the day in the lives were kind of like, and maybe it was as unpolished as it's going to get like Ed Templeton showing me his color coordinated closet and stuff. But <laughs> he did Templeton had a color coordinated closet. Yeah. He, um, he hangs all his t-shirts, which I think I emulated cause I hang my t-shirts to this day, but they were all color blocked. I never would have thought that Templeton would be the guy with the color coordinated closet. Really? Not Templeton Elliot, Ed Templeton. Yeah. I can see both of them having uh, very well-organized closets. Um, shout out to you, Templeton and Ed T. Um, also, Ed Templeton, uh, pants profit. Yeah. You know, if we look back, everybody's got pants like Ed Templeton. All these people making fun of him is like, he's waiting, wearing those nut-hugger tight pants. Go to any skate spot in the country, there's somebody with some hiked-up dickies and a weird shirt. So, pants profit, Ed Templeton. But uh, back to... Back to Instagram subscription program. I think one of the challenges right now is that Instagram has gone or grown from being a photo sharing platform to a, effectively a commerce platform. And one of the real challenges is uh, in monetization is consumer protection. How do you make sure that people aren't getting scammed? Do you think that there's some scammer potential? You know, are there skaters out there who'd be like, hey, y'all doing like the $4.99, but guess what? Got my cash app on the screen right below. Hit me up. I'll give you the extra special content. You know, you throw me, you know, whatever you got, five, ten, twenty dollars. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that that seems like too sketchy a thing for the um like the top tier, you know, skaters like Cater or Carlos that have like, you know, big shoe money coming in. I, I mean, I just wonder about perhaps, you know, a young up and coming pro who gets his subscribers and fully half asses it. I mean, I wonder what, you know, the 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 agreement on the other end is of if there's quotas or how well regulated it is. I mean, oh sure yeah, something like Didn't, that. I don't remember where I saw this, but I think I saw somewhere that some skaters have like in in contract language, like you will post thus and such many times to Instagram and you know all t- types of specifics like that. Yes, absolutely. That that exists for for athletes at at every level. Um, I think it's obscene. But what do y'all think? Like, would, would, is that the price you'd be willing to pay for either having a good agent who's hooking you up with those contracts or to have some big shoe money? Would you be down to be like, Jason, you're going to post. I don't care if it's basketball, weightlifting, skating, whatever, <laughs> but you're going to be posting, you know, X amount of time. Yeah, I don't quarter. care. I mean, it's a job, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a cost of doing business. And like, no matter what your job is, whether it's a, whatever, like the custodial arts or, you know, the fast food industry whatever hospitality industry you should always like have be high energy at your job and like do do the job the best you can i don't know that's just the way mm-hmm. I look at it. and like if you're a pro skater like it's a job you have to like produce footage and it's kind of weird that being like a social media public person like a personality is now part of 
the job. But that's just the world we live in, I guess. Like it's well, kind of like it's kind of like how in the NBA, like most fans, they're they're fans of players first. They fuck with the players first. Like at work, like kids kids will be into like Devin Booker. Like when Devin Booker first came out, a lot of kids were in him because he was young, you know, kind of like them. They couldn't told you like one other person on the Phoenix Suns, but they're like Devin Devin Booker. We fuck with Devin Booker. Well, on that note or on that idea, like, is this just going to further diminish the importance of sponsors? Like, I guess we're going to talk about board moves coming up, but by and large, I mean, and a lot of these large skaters have really like minimized the importance of an actual board sponsor, be it your Nyjah on, I'm forgetting his brand because it's that forgettable. Disorder. Thank Disorder. You. Come on, man. It's a Joy but Division like, song. But like Tyshawn, he's at this point, he's been board sponsorless for some months now, and it's not clear what he's gonna do. Like, you know, these it's it's really putting the skater brand above all else, especially if I don't know, what are they getting, you know, two fifty uh, out of the four ninety nine for, for the subscriptions. So I mean, is is it pushing down the importance of sponsors? I don't think it's gonna like really kill the shoe sponsor importance, but Oh hell like no! But raising the skater profile, there's there's definitely skaters who could probably make a comfortable living, or at the very least, uh, get a nice amount of supplemental income from doing Instagram subscriptions. I guess again, my concern is that there's already so much content to consume in skateboarding. You know, we're all on this podcast. There's other folks who do skate podcasts. There's people in a uh, Thrasher, Transworld, you know, the other, you know, skate publications around the world. There's so much to keep up on. Does that mean that there's going to be an an Instagram subscription? Is there going to be a subscription beat at some point? Is there going to be enough happening in these realms that somebody's going to have to dedicate their time to it? Because that, to me, would be just... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard enough keeping up with all the videos that come out as it is through the channels that we have now. Well... One kind of a issue with the subscription model that comes to mind is for the last, uh, let's say, two, 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 15 years, you know, 80% of skateboard media has been free. And skater, skaters are notoriously cheap. Like, is this thing even actually worth Carlos Ibiero's time in the long run? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. Maybe it was someone that, maybe, you know, some social media person at, you know, the big shoe companies told him it would be a good idea. Um, I know Carlos has mad kids. He's, he's probably, like, looking for other streams of income. So, yeah, it remains to be seen. Like, maybe someone will pick it up and do something super creative with it. Skaters are all, have been historically super creative with, you know, new types of media. So, it remains to be seen. But uh, right now, I got to tell you, I got to be honest with y'all. It's looking like I'm not going to renew. I'm going to turn off auto-renew. <laughs> For uh, not super follower, so for my uh, subscriber only content. I mean, okay. dog, there you. <laughs> it, it, it's it has potential to be a very interesting lane, but you both have brought up a very important point that skaters are notoriously cheap, and it is often difficult to extract money out of skateboarders and getting skateboarders to to pay for. To pay for to pay for anything, my goodness! Think about how many videos we dubbed and didn't buy. Although, to be fair, um, a lot of stuff was just not available. You know, I mean, goodness, uh, the internet was uh, a godsend for me. Those early message boards, requisite alt dot skateboarding from way back in the day, because I could trade tapes with people. Because you know, there was like, one shop they never had anything. You know, and then finally, when we did get a decent shop, you know, by that time, you know, had some disposable income, I could pay for things. But you were still tape trading because how else was I going to get a copy? Yeah, of video I mean, days? even even with readily available tapes, like we, it was still like one person in the crew gets it, buys it, and then everyone else dubs it, and then like the next person gets the next big video come out, and then everyone else dubs it, like shit like that. Yeah, just curious. Yeah. So. Oh, go on, please. Uh, uh, continue with that idea. So yeah, I mean, skaters will, will always find ways around uh, p- paying for stuff. So what what? What you're going to do for us is you're going to just screen record all that exclusive <laughs> cater cater content. Dang. I know later cater is kind of a cool handle, but cater content would be a sick handle too. Cater That'd be cool. Okay. But but then you you get into like uh, the one of the challenges that say, you know, you just talked about screen recording um, stuff from 
uh, Instagram subscription pages. I mean, isn't that something that the uh, people in the adult film industry have been grappling with is folks never wanting to pay for adult materials. So you've got people who are now doing screen grabs of, of OnlyFans stuff, which is, is wild. But it's worthwhile, it's worthwhile talking about because one thing I learned being out here in L.A. now for eight years is that the adult film industry has been a real pioneer in the way that people think about and consume digital content and has really been very forward thinking in the way that they manage streaming large amounts of video you know i mean my goodness you know it, it, think about think about the hard work that goes into maintaining a you know a porn hub you know not to be crass but like it's true you know a lot of companies did learn from that and a lot of the people who helped build some of those systems have gone on to work on uh, big streaming platforms like netflix hbo max etc but anyway back to skateboarding i don't know maybe, maybe there's something good that could come out of this maybe you know what would it be would it be would skaters pay for exclusive tricks? Would it be like, yo, I'm gonna, like, for example, what if a videographer said, yo, sign up to my four nine ninety nine a month, I'm opening up the vault. Oh, you know? uh, well, hold up. If, say, like, Socrates started Instagram where he's like, all right, I'm posting all my unseen world footage, that kind of, that, that's something that I would pay more money for. But that's, like, something I value mm-hmm. you know, as a world, 90s world industry kid. So you got to provide the people of value, whether it's like access or footage. I don't know if posting video parts on there would work. Cause remember when they did that whole, I think it was a really short kind of like single video parts on uh, iTunes, like that one Paul Rodriguez part. That's actually, yep. his, that's actually his best part, but it, it's as if it didn't, doesn't exist. Cause no one saw it when it came out. I mean, I guess they put it on YouTube like 11 years later or whatever, but you know, no one saw it because it was like you had to download it off of iTunes or whatever. No one wanted to pay like two ninety nine. I mean, I bought that, but I've still never seen what's the like 2019, 2017 Lakai video that they like paywalled pretty well. Paywall's not, they just wanted me to pay to watch it. The mm-hmm. fla- I guess that the is paywall. Flare? The flare? The flare? Beware the flare? No, I think it was the flare. Beware the flare was a promo from no 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 i know the the video from 2019 was called the flare i think or it might have been called something else but yeah have never seen it and i mean it's the same way like that adidas video away days barely lives on the internet and i think it's largely not a part of the culture because of that so it's it's interesting what the ramifications of all that are Oh, is, that, is it really that difficult to find? I mean, I know that people, somebody every now and again will post the video in its entirety and then it will just be gone, which is frustrating because that Lucas yeah, Preet part. I think they're just trying to suppress the fact that the uh, first song in it is uh, Jump Around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at that. Adidas, we love you. Send us a box, please. But just like, House of Pain in a skateboard video? That just felt like yeah. the classic, you know, corporate overseers getting their hands on things and trying to push things a certain direction and uh, Jump around, wait wait like when jump around dr- first dropped it was the shit oh yeah absolutely come on we were all we, we were all there but like now there's something extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. jarring about an adidas skateboard video skateboarding yeah, video yeah. starting with that like, <laughs> it's almost like, i don't know i mean like, like it, a, it, it's, uh, it's like a jock jam like song they play at a like a Time out of a basketball game. The music oh, yeah. video is sick. I mean, it it is sick. I actually, not, it's, it's a great context. I I only learned like I think I thought that House of Pain was actually from Boston until like 2010. Wait, what are you telling me? They're from LA. Yes, Everlast is from LA. He was a, he was on like uh, Ice T's label Rhyme Syndicate. He had a record on Rhyme Syndicate before House of Pain. I don't know if this makes it more or less legit. Like the energy of that video and House of Pain was like New York or Boston, oh, yeah, of, of course, hardcore Irish. Like, oh, these, like, oh, these are some Boston like drunks, some like h- drunk hard asses. But yeah, they're they're from LA. They just flew out there to make that video. That's wild. Also, because um, the interesting thing is like uh, there's a whole bunch of IRA Irish Republican Army provost imagery scattered throughout the video, which, oh, yeah. in retrospect, is wild. But you know, the, in the '90s, a lot of stuff got by MTV censors. I mean, the video for "Rage Against the Machine's Freedom" is basically the story of the American Indian movement, and that was on regular. That was regular yeah, play. That was a big the, video. Uh, the Wild West, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> wow! I, I wow! 
I can't believe, wow, does this actually really blew my mind. I can't believe we're really going deep on House of Pain. <laughs> but okay, so what would y'all say if there were five skaters that you would follow if they were on if they were on this Instagram subscription thing and you weren't worried about like I'm just gonna go blow money on this Instagram crap? Who would your five skaters that you'd follow? Okay, first capacity? of course, uh, KB just for like the lifestyle shit. You know, he has a personality and is actually charismatic. Lucas just for like the uh, I guess lifestyle porn, like French Riviera shit. You know, living in a, where does he live now? Oh, he lives in uh, Biarritz, which Biarritz, is not yeah, on the Riviera. Yeah. That's on the uh, uh, that's on the Atlantic coast, but yeah, his yeah, surf yeah. lifestyle. Ooh. Yeah, that that whole shit. Pontus seems like an interesting guy, and Carol just because it's fucking Carol. And then this is six, but whatever. And then guy guy and Abe just for like the whole sober lifestyle, aspirational type of shit. Nice. Yeah, that'd actually be really dope. I, I'd like to see yeah. Abe's workout. Routine. I'm gonna go with yeah, just rules of rules. Carol Hialti, because that'd maybe force him to just just post more in between tricks, and he's great at that. Who else? Try to diversify this. Bobby Warrist, circa 2006. That would be very entertaining for not safe for work reasons, probably. Shit, Bobby DeKaiser, he's really interesting right now. Let's say Ishad. Yeah, Ishad. I mean, yeah, Ishad has the. Uh, I think he he could pull that off. I think he has a personality. And sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. I might I might have found your uh, I might have found someone's list. Because <laughs> uh, let's see. I think um, okay. So obviously Lucas Puig, Lucian Clark. Just because I want to see what the man's closet looks like. I want to know what kind of LV gems he's got. Does he just like lying around? Um, obviously Ishad. Just because the car content would be crazy. Sean Powers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I, I've actually really enjoyed uh, the last couple of uh, little interviews that he's done. I think there was like a followed or maybe it was like a thrash or what he's up to, especially since he got sober and now that he's back and he's skating a whole bunch. It would just be interesting to see, you know, see him on a slightly more chilled out level. Uh, and then Tyshawn, just because it would probably be a nice eye opener. Like I'd, I'd like, I'd really like to see like, what's this dude like, you know, when he's, you know, dropping by his Jamaican restaurant or driving cool cars and, you know, ollieing over trash cans like it's nothing. Like, just his, like, skating around lower Manhattan ollieing over green trash cans would be, that'd be worth the four ninety nine, uh, however much. Yep. four ninety nine a month? Yeah, yeah. I Actually, mean, like, yeah. Just, just for trash can content. Yeah, just to wrap this up or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, for someone like Tyshawn, starting a board brand isn't worth it. Once you take into account all like the like the startup costs, like getting a wood shop, like making shapes, getting a mold, like all that shit with the profit margins, what they are for boards, like it's probably if you did like a cost benefit analysis, it's probably like not worth it, you know? Yeah, just get up on which that is kind of content. Which, yeah, which is weird for us because you know when we grew up, we were like, oh yeah, board brands, like you worship them, you know? But that's just like you know it's world we live in, I guess. Well, the world we yeah, live in, at least skateboard world, presented a uh, busy and varied past couple of weeks. I'm now moving into our second topic. So look here, guys. Baker just bagged a Brit. Bobby D put out another stellar part. And uh, just to remind you guys, we took a week off from podcasting last week. And uh, I think between our last episode and now, there was the Dime Glory Challenge. Louis Lopez put out another part. Was that a... For Salvo for Sodi season, I ask. There was a bronze video, and I do know that I'm missing other stuff. Patrick, a lot has been going on, man. What stood out to you uh, now that we're back on the podcast grind? It feels weird. It feels kind of like we're in a back-to-school moment. Like, the last couple of weeks of summer 2022 were felt slow in terms of skate media content. Felt like there was more actual skateboarding happening rather than consuming skate content. But... It's been a deluge, and it's been really great. I think off top, the Bobby D part was a real pleasure to watch. I love Paris. It's a dope city for all kinds of things, art, for culture, for music, but definitely for skating. Uh, ben Shadon, who also did the Converse video, Purple, a couple years ago, and has continued to deliver some great edits, picked a wonderful subject in Bobby D. And just like the opening line, right? You know, kick flip, tray flip on, you know, kick flip down a three-step, tray flip on flat, and then that backsmith shove it at Le Dome. that was like a nice appetizer i feel like more skate videos should have that you know something that you know, you'd be like oh okay this is nice um the back tail 
360 uh, backtail uh, 360 out with the one footer joint. He is an amazing skater to walk, but Ben Shadoun really makes his skating come alive because his angles are great. So a good example is um, when he does a backside flip uh, over a pedestrian barrier. So it's like bump to barrier. Um, ben Shadoun going in the opposite direction. Fly Wonderful. By. I mean, yeah. And, yeah, the flyby or um, the way that uh, Ben Shadoun will follow during manual tricks. I mean, Bobby DeKaiser's tight, and I've been following him for a minute because I remember reading about him and Tristan Funkhauser. They had a joint interview in Transworld at the beginning of 2015, and I think that came after they had, I guess they, there was a welcome to DC for both of them. Anyway, I'm trying to think what else stood out. Obviously, Dime Glory Challenge, which looked and felt different this year, I think because of the rain, straight up. Well, should, like, we, should we go on in on DeKaiser day. before we get into Dime? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Like, that's a whole, goodness, we could have a whole conversation about that. What, what did you guys think about well, this part? I remember when you came out with that last quasi part, when he was skating Toronto and shit, we were like, all right, this guy leveled up. Now, it's like he's leveled up even more. Like, he's even more aggro. Like, he's one of the most aggro, I don't even know how to explain it, like, just he's angry, like, he's doing flat ground, like, he's mad, mad as shit. Um, now, he's doing shit that is actually, like, impossible. Like, he does that Fakey backside nose grind to shove it out. A the hardware, A the hard way, B in the middle of a ledge. Like was that the only like that. one that has been done? Maybe at I least like so. that. I think so. Yeah, in the middle of a ledge. Like I've seen a bunch of people do it um, the easy way, like backside shove it out in the middle. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone do it frontside in in the middle of a ledge. Right. Like and like the speed with which he flips shit, like that Caballero flip over the uh, that fence or whatever, dude. The like late flick, like he was like a full ninety degrees and then just whipped the kick flip and it hit. Yeah. and then he was over. Yeah, just like crazy control, speed, power, like all the shit. He could maybe like give Sodi a run. Like he doesn't really have like the insane terrain component that they like over there, but he's getting in into that like upper echelon. I so, think, yeah. would you say that there was a um, a pretty significant amount of footage in here that was low impact or medium impact? And I think that was the thing that made it a real pleasure oh, yeah. to watch. But, I mean, you know? the, the thing about it, it's like high difficulty and he skates really fast. And, yeah, you, you were talking about, like, angry flip tricks, Jason. Like, the kickflip nose grind where he, it's on a three, maybe two up, two steps up and then three steps down and he just cranks the thing and then bounces out and yeah it's like a level of like agro precision that i think kind of transcends the low impact because yeah i mean he's not jumping down things but then there's that like street gap line uh you know or first the dog is harassing him and then the biker gets in the way and like that shit's just straight gnarly like you're hauling ass you're going so fast that could have ended a lot worse oh everybody got out of that bike fracas like pretty Pretty good. Very good. Perfect. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's just say perfect. Uh, if I have my two cents on Bobby DeKaiser, I think I should highlight that fakie front blunt where he does a big spin back to fakie. Like, I don't know if I'd seen that one. Hadn't seen it done that well. And then uh, just uh, Ben's filming, like you said, Patrick, like the dude knows what he's doing. Great mix of uh, some ultra close up, but then he uses the fisheye. And it's like the the wide format, like no vignetting, but like proper digital fisheye. And there is such a wonderful place in skating for that lens and that technique of filming still. like Exactly. And then what did you all think about the music? It was uh, Micah Levy, who used to be in a band called Mikachu and The Shapes. He's now an award-winning Ivor Novello. That's a British songwriting award uh, composer of soundtracks. I really liked it. Um, very similar to like the Louis Lopez joint that dropped last week. Um, we'll probably talk about that in just a second. It was it was actually the music that was on here was like a nice compliment. It, it felt this is gonna sound weird, but it yeah, felt sophisticated. I, mean, I guess this is the wave now, like weird French nouveau film soundtrack music. I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm here right. for it. Yeah, it, this it, part. It felt, yeah, it felt art house, part, right? The other Louis part. It's different and it's cool. All right, time glory challenge. Rain. Yep. Weirdness. Patrick, you were saying. Um, I think the rain. The rain made me look at it differently. The rain made me feel like I was watching something out of a full one one in the nineties where, you know, something in a contest just something goes wrong or 
uh, like the 1996 Munster Madness contest where all the American and Brazilian skaters decided that they were going to boycott, you know, the fact that people were able to make the best of it and actually enjoy themselves. I mean, I was living vicariously through folks, but dog, it looked, it looked for some reason, it looked exhausting in the best way possible. Just like, you know, you figure if you decide to do Dime Glory Challenge, like you're committing to two to three solid days of yeah, partying, I thought right? The, well, first of all, the like Dianetics volcano quarter pipe, or whatever, that was hilarious, especially with the uh, eruption at the end. I was watching it on the Dime Story while I was at the gym and shit. So that was cool. With the skate, with the World Championship Game of Skate, I thought Brianna had like a bigger bag of tricks based on some other video I saw, but Alexis was just too consistent. That's why Alexis is the people's champ. People's champ. Like we, I mean, we. Are, it's common knowledge that she has like mean flat ground, but she was just super consistent. I never seen her do like a switch varial heel before, so it was. She was just like not to be denied. Yeah. Is is there? Was it normally that it was Wade who would normally be the contestant in the um, Dime Glory Challenge? It would be Wade versus somebody. Like uh, yeah, Wade's been in like everyone. It was Wade versus uh, versus Ashad. Wade versus Wade versus else. the field. Effectively, yeah. the field. Yeah, Wade Did versus Jamal Smith. The field. Oh yeah, yeah, Jamal Smith, of course, with with the infamous uh, promo. Yeah, like whack. <laughs> yeah, that viral gif i guess yeah i'm pissed like I, I, you know in a perfect world jamal smith should be making money off that and there's a whole world that people have no idea of the context of his hair yeah whack, his it's, style, it's, it's, whack. it's just another like reaction gif in a sea of reaction gifts how about that ryan Desenzo? dude is a, <laughs> he'll a maniac he'll, he'll show up and front side flip off uh off anything he's so good he's so good the rainbow rail <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow rail looks terrifying yeah very very photogenic setup but yeah yeah that would that would be scary yeah you and just it, gotta kind of surf, surf it out i guess yeah and it looked kind of like at least in terms of stands and the way that seating and ticketing it looked a little bit more organized and you know because remember um a few years back i think it was the 2019 edition where they were skating that huge hubba and it was just a sea of people and you felt kind of like "Ooh, this is not gonna be good you know Oh yeah, that that's that's exciting though. That whole like being on the edge of like uh, total chaos, you know, like yeah, somebody there, might get trampled or get COVID, maybe both. There there was something, yeah. The the way the stands were set up, or I don't know, maybe there was like too much concrete. It was too like grayscale. It it looked a little bit more chill in previous years. Mm-hmm. I thought the warehouse version seemed like the most like chaotic good. Oh. Because didn't people say that uh, it was so hot in there, there was condensation on the floor, condensation on the oh, ramps. Yeah. They were constantly having to wipe everything down because it was just teeming yeah, with true. people. Um, which, in a, you know, in a post-COVID or in a COVID deciding it wants to hang out for a little while longer world, like, you're thinking like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it indoors. We had a, probably brought it up on the podcast before. I worked at the skate park when there was a flip demo. This is like 2006. Five height height of flip and yeah like the whole skate park turned into a rainforest because there were so many people in there so okay that that distinction makes sense uh what about um excuse me um i guess where does dime go glory challenge go from here for next year how can they top this yeah that's the thing with this kind of event like you there's always a pressure like you know either come up with some new concept or so i was yourself I was watching like a raw edit, you know, they didn't put music to it on Thrasher. And one way they could one up themselves, it's, it's, it's kind of revolutionary. Man, those MCs were terrible. Hire me. I won't just yell and say fuck <laughs> the whole time. Like, I, I promise you. You betcha. <laughs> oh, bring a little bit of the north up north with me. Hey, how about this? Well, let's make an official pitch. Uh, dime. You know where to reach us. Mostly skateboarding, hosting next year's Dime Glory Challenge. We get to pick the events. You know, y'all do the hosting. It's going it, to, yo, we, I think we could do that. I think we could do that. Let us use your infrastructure. Yeah. Yo, there'll be yeah, a... I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, like, for per diems. Oh, that, absolutely. Like, it would be, that would be so fun. Just like, yo, just cover flights and hotels, and we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we actually want to do this for exposure <laughs> and per diem. Yeah. And per diem. It would be it would be fun. We'll have a nice mix of events. We'll have some stuff for the old heads, you know, you know, maybe a slappy challenge. There'll be a DJ battle, you know, on the late night tip, you know. We'll have some activities that are uh, a little less, little less wild for people who want to stay sober or want to stay safe. You know, come on, you know, like it's fun for everybody. I, I I just trademark this, so don't get anybody any don't get any ideas, people. A slappy curb that just grows out of the floor gets taller and taller and taller. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, so going from basically one where you can ride on to it to one where you're like, okay, I got a slappy. I actually gotta get some pop in here, but not Ollie. And then one that's basically like who can actually jam it hard enough to go up something that's say knee or thigh high and still slappy. Uh, Oh, I'm talking like bride of spanky height, like chest high, and you gotta <laughs> you gotta power up that thing. No ollies allowed. Okay, so basically, so basically, dime. We're very affordable. We're friendly. We're all professional, timely. You know, we know how to be responsible adults. Uh, you got yourself some hosts. Beautiful, um, Jason. You highlighted that Casper Brooker interview about getting on Baker, like. Do you have any takeaways from that thing? Yeah, on slam was, city skates. Was, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that interview was a good read. It's just like a you know pretty you know positive vibe story of you know I think it was Jake Har- Jacob Harris talked to Andrew blah blah, blah got Casper's number and yeah that that was pretty much it. So I guess one person uh, from Isle found a new home. What I've been wondering about Tom Knox though. Ooh, he's like the oh he's Tom a big Knox UK out there. Yeah, yeah, UK Tom Knox. That would be a hell of a script flip. You're like, yeah, aisle six, but what about Santa Cruz Tom Knox? That would be funny if Tom Knox got on Santa Cruz with, with the other Tom Knox, because I think Tom Knox the first still has like a legacy board or something. Maybe. I'm not sure. But that would be funny if he got on Tom Cruise. Then, like or, Tom Cruise. <laughs> then imagine yeah, if their, their royalty statements get uh, you know get mixed up. Well then just like make the OG Tom Knox graphics a little limey. Run them. Is that that's chill to yeah, say, right? So, yeah, something like that. I can't think of I'm thinking of like a mi- minor threat type graphic. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, he was always like a hardcore kid type of guy. Wasn't he on Sonic? Yeah, I think he was on Sonic for yeah, a Yeah, I, I seem to remember him from a uh 411 industry section. It was Pat Benatar and then hit, hanging on the hanging on the telephone by Blondie. Um and he had uh it was him. I think it was mostly skating down the street. Anyway, um, back to Baker. Is there another Baker video in the works anytime soon? Or am I just imagining I think they're, I think they're doing like a every three or four months type thing. That's been uh, the way it's looked in 2022. Shout out to Baker. And then also, is it like, what's the deal with Reynolds shoe-wise? Is, is anything happening with him? Or I thought someone saw him in New Balances. Yeah, I mean, someone, someone saw him in New Balance, like some great Tiagos, but that, that don't mean shit. Really, he might he might just have been wearing them because they're comfy, or yeah. he might have sent them a box or something. Yeah, he's like a forty-something-year-old dad, right? Like, yeah, great new balance. Yeah, like comes with the territory. But along the lines of Baker, I think one person that could challenge Louis because basically, like, listen, the Sodi race is uh, was over before it began, pretty much at this point. Like, someone's got to step up to the plate. It's ridiculous. One person that could step up to the plate and maybe challenge Louis, Louis a little bit is uh, Tristan. Like he T-funk. had the cover, T T Funk, Mister Funkhauser. So yeah, Mister Funkhauser could like he has the cover <laughs> with the iconic, legendary trick. He had a good part already. If he comes out with like one or two more parts, like hey, you know, it's like this Sodi thing is weird, man. Like you have to have like four parts just to get in the room. Was a uh, Mark Sushu right? Twenty twenty one. Yep. T-Funk is kind of the, uh, I don't want to say palate cleanser, because you don't need to get the sushi taste out your mouth, but um, if you want to flip it, if you want to flip it on them, T-Funk's the way to go. That I, rascal. I guess so. Um, I mean, it's not like there's a formula, right? Like, for years, didn't, Sodi was rather arbitrary, right? It was the combination of the editorial board, Phelps, and a few other, a few other players, right? Like, what's the formula now? I mean... Sushu, it almost felt like it was just sheer bloody-mindedness, like just out of determination that he did it. You know, the parts were so good, you couldn't ignore them anymore. But I wonder who else has the stamina and the talent to deliver the same way, but just keep dropping parts 
like that, you know, that hasn't already won. Like, Ishad could probably do that in his sleep, but I have some feelings about people winning Sodi twice. I feel like it should be, I feel like, I don't know, I I feel like, I don't know, it's, I feel like it's it's something that should be unique. It should be a one-time joint. I mean, a guy who comes to mind is uh, Louis Lopez, the aforementioned, whose part we never touched on on this podcast. Any thoughts on that, Jason? I mean, Ooh, what's okay. what's there to say that has already been been said? Like he's in his window. Um, everything, everything, no matter how technical, is like effortless. Like he's skating down the street. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of like uh, the guy right now. He has the most juice mm-hmm. going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and he's probably like what parts has he had already? He's had an FA part just came out. Spitfire, Spitfire part. Which was means, that the all USC part? The yes, yeah, 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 USC yeah. part. So. Stands to reason if he's going to drop a part uh, fourth quarter, it's going to be a converse part. Haymaker. Ooh. Yeah. And it feels kind of weird. I mean, you know, there's still a solid three months left of the year. Anything could happen. But it would take, like I said, it would take somebody who's basically as as determined as Mark Suchu to deliver. Um, and there's not too many people in that space right now. And also, I think a lot of people are like, I'm, I don't think I'm wrong in reading the room. Like, I get the feeling a lot of people are really rooting for Louis Lopez. Like Louis Lopez, oh yeah, he's been good, but this year there's something about him. It, it's not only has are the parts that much more beautiful, right? The FA part, the USC part, the music that was used, you know, lent an air of seriousness to it. But also just, the, I mean, also the trick selection. So there's something in there in uh, Copenhagen where uh, there's a fakie nose grind. Or I guess no, excuse me, it's a fakie five zero and then fakie tray out on one of those super rough ledges. That, um, who's the homeboy who is in Copenhagen? Yalte? Yalte. The Yalte skates uh, in his, uh, I think in a pocket video, followed. He shows him around his life in, in Copenhagen. A, wow. Like, just the, the control. Or then there's him skating in a, um, skating behind some office building. I want to say it's somewhere on the west side. I tried to look it up, and all I got was the number of a real estate company um, in West L.A. But, uh, goes up the loading dock. And then there's like a wide pole jam off of the uh, off of the fence on on the side of it. Just that, like just like that mix of tricks, and the, it all works. It's all Louis Lopez. He's you're right. He's in his window, and it, it would. I guess it would, would it be criminal if he didn't win Sodi this year? I mean, no, because he's still like 23, 24. Now I gotta look it up. Is he that young? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's like twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty six. He's no. still that good. Oh, at November twenty six. He's twenty seven. Okay. Okay. Wow. He's still that good. He's just been it, good. Did he just get his braces off like a month ago? I think so. When what skewed my take was like I judged contests up here, twelve and under contests back in the day. Judged or MC'd or both, and he'd be in them with like waist long hair and a LA Dodgers hat. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was the kid. Flip Louis Lopez. Him and Kern yeah. Caples would be flying around. Little maniacs. And now look at yeah, them. Li- yeah, right, listen. There's a lot of time a lot of time between now and the end of the year. But yeah, like you said, unless someone has like that just like that single minded focus to be like, all right, fuck everything else. I'm I'm gunning for Sodi. Looks like um yeah, Louis is gonna be pretty hard to uh overcome at this point. Yeah. I mean, again, it would be, but have stranger things happened? Is anybody, who's somebody or somebody? Stranger that things have, have happened. Hmm. Stranger things have happened. Has anybody turned down Sodi? Whoa. I don't, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Would we, we know if it had happened? <laughs> I, I don't know. It would be funny if, like, Phelps, like, surprises you with, you know, with the trophy, does the whole thing. You're like, no thanks, man. Yeah. That would be wild. Uh, that was <laughs> a bad year for me, man. I'd rather not. Would you be banned from skateboarding? Maybe that's what happened to Billy Pepper. What, he got uh, no, offered Sodi? No. Uh, he was banned, banned from Thrasher, but not for uh, not because he declined to be skater of the year. <laughs> I just think that would be... I just think that would be... It would be amazing. It'd be like turning down the Nobel Prize, you know? Or refusing a, a knighthood from, I guess, now the king. You know, it's just like, it's a high honor, but no thank you. Not for me. Or somebody was like, oh, I don't believe in that shit. <laughs> I don't believe in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> like, it, ult- it would be the ultimate snub. Like, really, this, like, marinade. Would, 
I think it would send shockwaves if somebody said, no, I, I don't want this. I don't want the party. Take my name off the magazine. Here, here's a scenario. You're a subscriber to Cater. He's had a ripping year. Burnett walks in. He's also doing an exclusive stream. And you see it go down because <laughs> you're a subscriber. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be worth it. That would be worth the price of the four ninety nine a month. What, to see somebody turn down? Oh, so, to see somebody getting Sodi or see somebody turning down Sodi? Turning down Sodi. <laughs> Live. God, it would be stuffed Just like in a, in a haze of smoke. It's like, nah, man, Sodi ain't bussin'. <laughs> All right, I, I, I tried to invoke our stokeness once. Um, any thoughts on the bronze video? I don't. It doesn't sound like Patrick's seen it yet. Another solid offering. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what what can you say? Like the funniest part. Well, this video they kind of took their uh, late night TV aesthetic, late night cable TV aesthetic that they've fucked with uh, forever. Kind of made a whole video about it. And Ross, Ross Norman, a friend of the pod, friend IRL, he's got a line which is pretty sick. Always good to see footage from that guy. And they did like a really funny bit at the end, like a behind the scenes, kind of like on video used to do. Yeah, like a road trip, like a kind of behind the scenes documentary type piece about uh, the last video they did with Wes Kramer and all that shit. So that was pretty funny. Agreed on uh, all points. I, I, I like the Yeah, this was, I don't know. It seemed like the most like consistent one of just like you're up way too late and you're in the depths of cable and I've never lived in the tri-state area. But man, I sure hope it was like that. It absolutely was. It's actually the thing that made me honestly really stoked on getting back into skating when I did because bronze and palace were just coming on the scene and I love those bronze videos because it reminded me of just being up a little bit too late as a teenager and just catching the strangest commercials plus the cable vision guide scrolling endlessly through and shout out to bronze I'm actually looking forward to unwinding tonight after the pod and sitting down and Thrown on a little bronze 56k action. Shout out to them. All right. That's the second time someone has said stoked near the end of the show. And with that, that brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on this week. Jason, what are you stoked on? Well, we just mentioned the bronze video and Sean Paul, a venture writer, uh, kicks ass in it. So I'm stoked on venture trucks out of San Francisco, California. Also stoked on a video part that a listener, Sean, Put me on to by Leonardo Bodalazzi, who I assume is Brazilian. This part is insane. There's some MBDs. Uh, th- there's a Pyramid Ledge MBD, Grant's Tomb MBD. It, it's crazy. Um, this part should have been a lot bigger. And it's called Leo Zeno. I think it was on free. I think that's probably the platform it was on. So definitely seek that out if you're into Eurotech, uh, Brazil tech, that kind of shit. Leonardo Bodelazzi, B-O-D-E-L-A-Z-Z. Right. Also, uh, the Philly kids are at it again. I mentioned it on this podcast before. They have the best farm system in skateboarding. Filmer by the name of Carson Ruther has a video called Spoilage, a little like five-minute edit. All usual suspects are there. A little bit of Ishad. That kid, Brian O'Dwyer, who has all the juice right now, is in it. So if you're into the Philly scene, not a lot of Muni. I don't think there's any Muni at all. More like, you know, crusty spots, some other shit, but... Definitely pretty sick. Also stoked on the Mets versus Braves series this weekend. Basically, uh, they right, they've been rivals like forever since like 1983. There's a lot of scenarios, but basically, if the Mets sweep the series, they win the division. And there's a whole bunch of scenarios, but that's the most important one. So definitely stoked on that for this weekend as a Mets fan. Let's fucking go, Mets. Mike, where are you stoked on this weekend? Man, I'm stoked on the incredible sleeping weather that has descended upon the Twin Cities. It cuts both ways. It also means that it's about to get really cold. But for the time being, it's uh, nice during the day and then um, nearly cold at night. And it's to the point you don't even have to open the window all that much to just get that sweet, sweet slumber. Um, Also stoked on uh, going to... Central Board Shop in Wausau, Wisconsin last week. I was on just an incredible journey trying to find myself a uh, sheet of Jessup grip tape after I came up dry in the Twin Cities and uh, didn't really want to drive across town because I'm lazy. was meeting some friends out on uh, Lake Michigan for some light skateboarding and uh, hanging out. Got the Jessup at that shop, and it was cool to be in like a small city shop that was kind of a regional hub for 
north central Wisconsin. They were brimming with gear. The guy behind the counter, I didn't catch your name. I'm sorry, dude. He was cool and indulged me in all my dumb questions about, like, you know, low-level shop economics. I wasn't asking him to crack open the books. But, yeah, ton of stuff in the shop. They seemed like they were doing well. I always love getting the intel on just, like, a random shop in a random town. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Um, shout out to all my people in Wisconsin. I had a great summer there, summer of 2000. Wonderful place uh, when it's not winter. Uh, this week I'm stoked on Spitfire wheels, more specifically these uh, new Spitfire Adidas uh, Tyshawn joints that just dropped because I got a hat that matches those and I think it's going to be fire to cop. Um, stoked on Cleveland, Ohio. I went to a conference last week with a bunch of my coworkers. It was super fun. Saw some uh, alien workshop spots. They're all very crusty. Um, very stoked on L.A. Song by Deconstruction, which was a studio project between Eric Avery and Dave Navarro uh, right after, or several years after Jane's Addiction broke up. I'm also stoked on that song because yesterday was my, my wife and I's fourth wedding anniversary. Uh, this weekend marks my eighth anniversary of living in L.A. It's a weird and wonderful place. Very stoked on one Aaron Judge. Shout out to the Judge. Shout out to the Yankees. Very stoked on Stillwater, Minnesota's Nicole House turning pro for real, um, especially her new board, which is, uh, I think, based off of a candy tin that she carries around with her. Um, and I believe there's an incoming part also for Spitfire. And Shana Tova to everybody who celebrated Rosh Hashanah earlier this week. On a slightly sadder note, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Eric Vicentin from Southside Skate Park, which is in Houston, on the show. Absolutely wonderful and insightful interview about running a skate park. Uh, he just lost his mother. Uh, we just found that out today. So we want to send our condolences to Eric and his family, the Southside crew, and all of our people out there in H-Town. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, our condolences. Um, that is it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links and other show notes, which Templeton so graciously curates each week. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Jason, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on Instagram at FrozenCarbonite. Uh, no subscriber content yet. Who knows? I uh, could use another income stream. Um, and uh, writing stuff for CoreSnacks.com. New stuff coming soon, sooner rather than later. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram um, at P Kigongo and also doing stuff for the Harold Hunter Foundation. Mike, where can the people find you on Bobby Digital's internet? Internet, internet. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle at M Munzenrider. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, I think we'll see you next week. There. And just like the bottom